everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. We are in part two of our series called The Gifts You Really Need. And in this part of the series, we're going to talk about peace. Uh, We started this um, last week. This series is focused on the four gifts that Christmas, um, well, that Christ brought with him when he came to this earth. The arrival of Jesus ushered the way for these four gifts. The four gifts are hope, peace, love, and joy. Each of these gifts addresses at least two areas of need in our lives. And in our last episode, we talked about how hope addresses the areas of regret and surrender. By shifting our focus off of our past onto our and off of our present circumstances and onto the future that is possible with God working for our good. In this episode, we're talking about peace. Luke 2, 8 to 14, it's a very classic Christmas scripture. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let me ask you, what one wish, if you could could have anything that you wanted, what one wish would you have come true? You know, the, the... the joke is, at least for Miss America contestants, that would be world peace. <laughs> Here we have angels essentially saying that the news they're sharing is going to bring peace to this world. Now, clearly, if you look around, it's very easy to see that the world is not at peace. Right. The, the, clearly, the world is not at peace. So what could the angels have meant by this? Well, here's what they meant. They meant that peace had come to the earth. Remember this passage from our last episode, Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. And so we hear Jesus here as a title that is called Prince of Peace. It says the government of his peace will never end. So in other words, when they say peace on earth or and on earth peace, peace was not a thing. It was a person. Jesus had come to earth. You know, the fact that Jesus has as one of his titles, Prince of Peace. And the fact that it says the government of his peace, 
will never end. It says a lot about how important peace is to God and how valuable of a gift it truly is. Now, I don't know what version of the Bible you prefer to use, but my my go-to is the New American Standard. And in the New American Standard version of the Bible, the word peace appears 352 times. In fact, the word peace appears in 58 of the 66 books of the Bible. Now, there's two different kinds of peace we're going to be talking about in this episode, and each of them is meant to address a different area of need in our lives. Nevertheless, these two go hand in hand as the same gift. The the first application here is inner peace, and it addresses the area of need in our lives in the area of stress. The second is outer peace, and it addresses the area of conflict. In this episode, what I want to do is I want to show you that peace is not only possible in your life, it's necessary, and it's a free gift from the Prince of Peace. You know, peace is an interesting word because it does have one meaning, but it can have multiple applications. For instance, if I say, I have peace, it might mean that I have an inner tranquility. That's personal application. If I describe a room as being peaceful, it might mean quiet. If I describe peace in the Middle East, now I'm referring to harmony between multiple nations. That's relational peace. In the same way, the gift of peace that God offers us, it has the same kinds of application to our lives, both inward and personal and outward and relational. In this In this episode, as we go through this, I would just say, if you have need in either of these areas, I believe that God is going to provide you with peace to meet those needs. All you have to do is ask. So let's dive in. The first area of need that we have is in stress. Stress is one of these, uh, one of these things that, that it's never fun. It's never pleasant to experience it. Uh, but I think we often misunderstand what stress is. Stress is not in and of itself a bad thing. In fact, stress is a normal reaction to the pressures of this life. In in fact, stress is built into your design by God, just like your pain response system is in your Bible, in your body. You know, your your body has a, a, a sensation when something is damaged and it is pain. Right. Some of it is 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 painful. Some of it is maybe an, an ache or whatever. But we have this pain response system in our bodies and it is designed to warn us and protect our bodies from harm. Do you know why you don't do things that are really, really dangerous? Because if if something goes wrong, it hurts really bad. Pain will actually cause you to avoid doing things that are dangerous for your body. Pain can cause you to avoid things that are uh, harmful to your body. Stress works similar to that. It is designed to warn us and to protect our minds and our emotions from harm from damage, from, from doing things that are, are reckless. There is a reason why there are, there are things we don't do because we know we're going to just experience, it's going to be too stressful. And so we don't do them. 
it's a protection mechanism that is built into our design, just like pain on our bodies. It's a part of this life. We all experience it. But here's the question. What about when our current circumstances supply us with more than our quota of stress? What then? If your stress level is too high, you might notice some of these warning signs. Maybe you're more emotional than usual, right? Maybe that means you're crying more. Maybe it means you're angry more often, but your emotions are more out of control. You're more emotional than usual. Maybe you have trouble keeping track of things or remembering. Maybe you have trouble making decisions, uh, trouble concentrating or getting your work done. Uh, there's physical effects that come from really high stress loads, like, like a headache, uh, muscle tension, chest pain, fatigue, upset stomach, trouble sleeping or getting sick easier. There's emotional issues that can happen. These include things like lack of motivation, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed uh, or on edge, sadness or depression. There's behavioral changes like overeating or undereating, outburst of anger or sadness, drug and alcohol abuse or other types of um, unhealthy coping mechanisms or types of escapes or addictions, uh, things like avoiding friends and family, you're exercising less often. Uh, there's also spiritual changes like praying less or reading your Bible less. Maybe you're giving less. Maybe you skip church more often or volunteer less or there's a lack of worship participation. You know, sometimes we become overwhelmed because we simply have taken on too much. We made a mistake and we took on too much. And, and I am so guilty of that. It's, it's, one of the, uh, it's one of the things that I really struggle with and God has to constantly deal with me on is to make sure that I'm not taking on too much and to make sure that I'm not taking on things I don't need to be taking on. And sometimes we're overwhelmed simply because we took too much on. Other times we're in a long season that's hard, right? Like, like someone who's suffering from a chronic disease or, or maybe it's chronic pain or it's, it's just kind of, it's the same thing and it's just on and on and on and it just goes and goes and goes and goes. Uh, it's a long season that's hard and, and that can be something that causes uh, our stress levels to go beyond what we can normally handle. Um, sometimes we have a series of events that happen just one right after another. It's kind of like that long season, but instead of the same thing every day, it's something different every day or every week or every month. And you get out of one and suddenly, boom, you're right there with another one. And, and sometimes we have a series of events that happen and they happen all at once. It's not one right after another. It's one on top of another. It's while I'm still dealing with this one, another thing shows up. There, there's a lot of different reasons why our stress levels can go over the top, um, but they have very strong effects on us. And the apostle Paul, he, he understood a thing or two about this. You know, five times the Jewish leaders gave him 39 lashes. You remember that, that whipping that Jesus got with the, the scourging before he was put onto the cross, before he was crucified. Paul had that done to him five times. Three times he was beaten with rods. One time he had he was stoned, right? He had had rocks just chucked at him, people trying to kill him with rocks. Three times he was shipwrecked. He spent a whole day and night adrift in sea. 
at the sea. He, he was constantly imprisoned. He was in danger from men who claimed to be Christians. He was chased out of cities. He went without food and water often. He was often cold without enough clothing to stay warm. And besides all of that, he was carrying the burden for all the churches he was leading. That same apostle Paul, here's what he said. In Romans 5, 1, he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, who was dealing with all of that, who had been through all of that, he said that we have peace through Jesus. Regardless of the reason that we find ourselves in an overload of stress, one thing is very important. We must get a hold of our source of peace immediately. And, and what we do is we do this by purposely setting our mind on the things of God. How do you, how do you get to that place of peace? Well, it, it's a mindset thing. It is what is it that you are focusing on? Where are you shifting your mind? What types of things are you filling your mind with? Where are your thoughts going? You remember Paul, who I just said had been through all of that stuff, right? By the way, when he wrote that we have peace with through Jesus, when he wrote about having peace, he wrote that from prison. He was he was locked up at the time he wrote that. How is it possible? Well, here's here's what he goes on to say in chapter eight of Romans. Verses five and six. It says, For those who are in accord with the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who are in accord with the spirit, the things of the spirit for the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Now, I like this because this actually means that we have a choice. We can choose to have peace or not. We can choose. You know, one of the things that that can get very uh, difficult. And there is a difference between stress and anxiety, right? So, or, or fear. And there is a difference, right? So stress, stress is focused on things that we, we see that we're dealing with anxiety. We'll actually get to that uh, next week. We'll talk about fear, um, which, which ties in with anxiety. Stress is based on things that are happening that you know about, right? That you see them, you're dealing with them. Anxiety or fear deals more with just a general sense of that, but it's not focused on, on something specific that is happening. It's focused on maybe what could happen or, but it can be very difficult to, to feel like you have any sense of control when you are being overwhelmed with stress, right? You can feel like everything is happening outside of your control. And there's nothing you can do about the feeling that you're feeling. You feel like it's overwhelming. You feel like you can't breathe. You feel like you've got this weight on you. Um, and it can be very easy to feel like that. What Paul says is this. He says that the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. He's dealing with where we set our mind. If we set our mind on the things of the flesh or if we set our mind on the things of the spirit and, and that's a choice, right? That, that's a choice. That's something that we can decide to do. This is a choice that we make to set our mind to, in other words, to focus on the things of the spirit instead of the things of the flesh. That means that we are shifting our mind from stress and worry about things that are out of our control and instead focusing on the God who is in control. I'm going to say it again. This means shifting your mind 
from the stress and worry about things that are out of your control and instead focusing on the God who is in control. You see, when we focus on Jesus, the storm can't sink us. You know, Jesus told the disciples one time to go across, uh, across a lake, big one. And, um, he said, I'll get to the other side. I'm gonna meet you over there. I'm going to go up and pray. And they start going across the lake and, uh, this massive storm hits. The disciples are freaking out. They think they're going to die. And in the middle of this storm, Jesus comes to them walking on the water and they're, they're terrified. They think he's a ghost. They think he doesn't, there's no way this guy's real. And then Jesus does the craziest thing. He calls Peter. Now, he, he could have calmed the storm, right? He could have spoken to the storm. He could have calmed it. He, he actually did that once. He, he actually had done that. But instead of speaking to the storm, instead of calming the winds, instead of calming the waves, he calls Peter to get out of the boat, to step onto the water, and to walk toward him. Now, Peter was able to go straight to Jesus as long as he stayed focused on Jesus that storm couldn't sink him. That's what peace looks like. That's what inner peace looks like. Think about all of the stress that he was dealing with a little bit earlier, right? With the boat rocking, the winds blowing really hard, the waves crashing against the boat. They're probably bailing water out of the boat. Now they think they see a ghost coming at them, right? The stress level is about as high as you can get. But as soon as Peter focused on Jesus, he was able to walk right through that storm and not sink. In fact, it was only when he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to focus on the storm that Peter suddenly lost his peace and the storm took him. Jesus tells us in, in John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. Think about that for just a second, what he says. He says, my peace I give to you, right? He says, peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you. What kind of peace did Jesus have? Well, there's another incident, or incident in, in the Bible that is recorded where the disciples were going across that same lake and got hit by a storm in the same way. Except in, in this particular account, Jesus was on board the boat. He was, he was down below deck and he was asleep. The storm was raging. The boat was, was just rocking back and forth. The winds were blowing hard. The, the waves were crashing. It was a desperate situation. The disciples thought they were going to die. And Jesus was under the boat sleeping. That is peace to be in the middle of a storm like that. And to be to be totally at peace. Now, why is it possible? How is it possible that he could have that kind of peace in the middle of a storm? Because this is what Jesus said, right? He says, my peace I give to you. How is it possible that Jesus could do that? It's because he knew he had already told the disciples that they were going to the other side. And that meant that no matter how hard the wind blew, no matter how hard the waves crashed, that boat was going to make it to the other side because he had already said it was going to. That's the type of peace that Jesus carried. See, peace, and, and, and when I say peace, I mean true peace. It can only come from God. 
Because this type of peace is rooted in the trust that God is in control. And it's also rooted in submission to his will. When we know that God is in control and we have submitted ourselves to that will, we can have complete and total peace because we know that God knows everything there is to know and he knows what's best for us and he wants what's best for us. Once we have submitted ourselves to that and we have placed all of that into his hands, that is when true peace is possible. The second area of, uh, of need that we have in our lives that peace addresses is the area of conflict. Now, there's a lot of ways you could define conflict, but let me just tell you what I'm referring to in particular when I use that word. What I'm referring to is problems within our relationships. And I'm also re- talking about our reactions that cause or further those problems. So losing our temper or... Um, projecting our own uh, insecurities onto other people to make assumptions. Um, Our reactions like uh, uh, gossiping within the family or um, that type, that type of thing, right? It's our reactions, our emotions that cause conflict. Those, those things are not just a, a problem of, of what happens inside of us. These are external things within our relationships. It also, when I say conflict, I also am referring to a division within families, friends, and churches. See, peace is not just about your inner self. It's also about being at peace with others. In our nation right now, there is a clear conflict and division between ethnicities, between religions, between political parties, within political parties, between men and women, and you could go on and on and on, but there is clear conflict and division within our church. Conflict is not just about those divisions, though. It's about the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and all of the other feelings of hostility that cause the problem. And when we're dealing with anger in particular, anger is is usually just a response, right? It's kind of like stress. We think anger is the issue, but it, it usually isn't, right? I mean, it, it probably is, never is. Anger isn't the problem because anger is a response to something deeper. Anger is a symptom. It's a response to either fear or hurt, maybe embarrassment, maybe danger. But oftentimes it can also come from a desire to control the situation, to avoid hurt or embarrassment. Peace, on the other hand, is about surrendering control and trusting God to know what's best. In the time of the New Testament, when it was being written, there was um, hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. And and who are the Gentiles? They're non-Jews. But that was especially true about Jews and Christians. Christians were hunted down. They were uh, prosecuted. They were persecuted. They were tortured. They were even executed. Matter of fact, Paul that I was talking to you about before, he started off going by the name of Saul, his his Hebrew name. And he was somebody who would hunt down Christians. And and God got a hold of him. Jesus spoke to him and, and changed his life and set him on a new path. And now he was uh, one of the main evangelists that was going out, one of the, the main missionaries that was going out into the Gentile world. 
and uh, getting the early church going outside of Israel. And in Ephesians 2, as he's writing to the church, he's dealing with Christians who are made up of both Jew and Gentile. And he's reminding them that they need to come together in peace. Here's what he says in Ephesians 2, 14 to 18. It says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles, who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. You notice what Paul's solution is here to conflict? It's peace. How does he point them to peace? Well, he shows them that they're not enemies. They are the same family, the same body, that they are one now. If you're in a place in your life where you're dealing with anger towards someone or bitterness towards someone, you're dealing with conflict in your life, God wants to have you receive the gift of peace. And he does that in part by helping you to see who your real enemy is. It's Ephesians 6.12. This is just a little bit later in that same book. Paul says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. If you are angry at someone, if you are bitter at someone, if you are unforgiving towards someone, take a moment to realize who your real enemy is. That person is not your enemy. It can be really easy to hold a grudge against someone. Until we realize that we too have fallen to temptations of the enemy. We too have, have been used by the devil at times. We too have, have said things out of anger or out of whatever feeling in the heat of the moment and hurt somebody. We too have made mistakes that, that affected other people in, in bad ways. When we understand that that other person is not our enemy, that there is a real enemy that may have used them in that moment or may have affected them in that moment. When we understand that, and, and maybe the person that you're mad at, they're still being used by the enemy, but they are not the enemy. They're just being used by him. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We fight against spiritual forces. We're fighting against these, these powers of the dark world that are are not people. They're not human beings. They're not flesh and blood. It's a lot easier to make peace with someone when you can truly understand they're not really your enemy. And by the way, that is especially true about other Christians. Christmas gives us peace because Jesus came to destroy the walls of hostility that divided people by making them one in him. You know, there's two instances of Jesus' disciples caught in a storm. We talked about both of them. One time Jesus was on board. He was asleep. They finally woke him up because they were terrified. They did not have the peace that he had. 
They woke him up and they said, Jesus, I don't know how in the world you could sleep through this, but we're going to die. And so he gets out of the, the bottom area. He walks to the top of the boat and he says to the storm, peace be still. And he calmed the storm around them. It's outer peace. The other time, though, Jesus came to them on the water, and rather than calling, calming the storm, he called Peter to walk on the water in the midst of it. Now, the storm did eventually stop when they got back on the boat. But there was a time where Jesus didn't calm the storm. He calmed Peter. And he allowed Peter to walk right through the middle of the storm. John or Scott Crepain released a song in 1995. I want to read you the chorus as a way of just closing out this episode. It says, Sometimes he calms the storm with a whispered peace be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he will. Sometimes he holds us close, lets the winds and waves go wild. Sometimes he calms the storm, and other times... He calms his child. God wants you to have peace. And maybe he'll give you peace by calming the storm in your life. Maybe he'll give you peace by calming you in the midst of it. This isn't about you or I getting to choose which he does. True peace comes when we surrender completely to God's plan. And we trust him through it. If you do that, if you put your mind on the things of the Spirit, if you put your focus on God and truly trust that He knows what is best and surrender to it, you will find peace in the middle of the storm. You will find resolution in the conflicts. You will find, at least when it comes to conflict in your relationships, that for your part of it, you can have peace. And then God will take care of the rest. God bless you. You have an amazing week. We'll catch you in the next episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.